Welcome to After the Bell with your host, Laura. If you like what you hear today, please rate and review kindly. This show is a series of conversations with educators and learners to try and deconstruct some of the stereotypes around education. If you'd like to know more about me, please visit my Instagram page at EducatingLaura. Hello and welcome to this conversation today. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a really lovely episode. I chat to Josh and Amy and Josh is a boy that I've tutored since he was in year nine and I actually tutored his sister when she was in year 11 and 12 going through VCE English. When I first started this podcast, I really wanted to ensure that I was capturing the individuality of education and as part of that, I think speaking to the students and the people in our classrooms was something that was really important to me. To be honest, this conversation made me feel like I was back teaching Year 12 English. From the language that they use with lots of likes and the jargon that, to be honest, I sometimes had to interpret, to the analogies and the examples that they give. Sometimes it's very clear that we are not in the same generation and yet how they see the world and the generation that they come from actually is able to offer me insight more so than perhaps I would get from somebody older with more life experience. In my conversation with Nat in the second episode, Rise to the Challenge, she makes a really clear point about the fact that she often learns more from her students. And I think that this conversation demonstrates exactly how that happens in a classroom. As an English teacher, we have the opportunity to foster really intelligent, authentic and thought-provoking conversations. And as the conversation goes on here, the perspective and the honesty and the humanness of each of these kids really comes out and I really enjoyed seeing that. I think to hear these kids' voices and to understand that they are people living in a very uncertain time and having an education system being completely disrupted in front of them, unsure what the ATAR will be, unsure how it will be calculated, unsure what that will mean for them in terms of university and future and in fact yes they're being promised that it will finish this year but what will that actually look like we talk about them all the time we hear the premier talk about them we hear the education minister talk about them we hear our principals talk about them we read about them in newsletters and articles but I think it's really important to talk to them and I'm really glad I've been able to offer this conversation to you as the general public because Many of you can't speak to those year 12s because you don't know them. And what they say in this conversation, I think, shines a light on some issues in society and also the maturity that our youth have and the way that they're able to see through things that sometimes I think the older generation just can't do quite so well. My favorite part of this episode is towards the end when I ask them about the greatest lessons that they've ever learned and also where they'd like to see themselves in five years because their answers were not necessarily something that I expected but I honestly learned a lot and I was very humbled by what they had to say so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Josh and Amy I really did and I'm going to pass it over to them Hi, Amy and Josh. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you going? Good, thanks. 
Yeah, good, thank you. We're obviously living in really unprecedented times during COVID, having school lockdowns and learning remotely. How has this time been for you both? Um, It's definitely been pretty unpredictable just going back to school and then having to come back home again with lockdown and everything. And it's been pretty hard with motivation and everything and just not knowing what's happening. So I guess it's quite scary not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just constantly changing. I guess it's kind of helped from us having like the resources being able to appropriate that transition between from home and from school. Yeah, online learning and everything. Which has been good, but yeah. So what kind of things have made it easier for you then to transition between going from class to home again? For me personally, just having like a good setup at home and just allowing our teachers to provide resources and giving us, informing us of when like might occur. For instance, last week we weren't too sure, but then four days before we were transitioning back home, we were like, oh, yeah, just take your books home just in case, which is kind of good, but you still don't know because you're going to still bring like five subjects to school every day but yeah it's been good just been being a bit more concise than usual and like how it's so unpredictable it's so weird but yeah what about you amy my teachers have been really good this year with even at the start of each topic we've been given when we were at school we've been given all of our papers we needed even for six weeks later because we just have no idea what's happening so i guess our teachers have been really good with it all and i guess they understand that it's a really big struggle for us so with online learning they're not really giving us much homework because you just can't sit at your screen looking at your screen all day. So, yeah, I guess my teachers have been really helpful with it all. What did you think this year was going to look like? You start year 12, you go into your classes. What was it you thought this year would be for you both? <laughs> yeah, look, just from like every year 12, obviously, you know, that's going to be hard. But like looking through like everyone going through it in a normal routine, it's more just like a promote, no, so not promoting, but like just associating yourself with like good people throughout the week and on weekends. But then being able to have that time after school to do your homework and get stuck into like the grit and grind of it all. But then on the weekends, being able to, like, I don't know, yeah, like go out and enjoy yourself rather than just constantly sitting at your desk like you are now. Mm. Well, I've got two older brothers, 21, they're twins. And I've just heard ever since I was in like year seven or in year 12, all you've got to do is study all week. So before COVID started in year 12, I was staying at school until like eight o'clock every night just to study and get it all done. Because the way I'd planned my mind out was that if I studied all day in the week, I could have the weekends off to obviously go to 18th parties and formals and stuff. So I just kind of expected, I knew it was going to be a hard year with study, but I feel like every year 12 is prepared for that because then you can celebrate Mm. on the weekend that you've just finished a school week. Mm. So do you think that's been the hardest thing is not having those celebrations to look forward to? It's definitely decreased my motivation because I just feel like every day is the same day and there's not much to look forward to. But I've been trying to do exercise every day to like get out of the house and change it up a bit. But yeah, the motivation's definitely not as much there as it was at the start of the year. Well, what do you think would have motivated you had it been a normal year? Well, I guess for me, because I, I dive um, for two hours every night. And the thing for me ever since year seven was I would get home from school. I knew I had to study for three hours. Otherwise, I wouldn't get it done because I had to go to diving. That was a commitment. And now that I don't have anything on, I'm like, after school, I, I have the whole night, I can start studying at six. Yeah. And just, I reckon just not having that reward for sport in general, like that's not even occurring anymore. And that was like, you kind of get away. Yeah. Not having that really like demotivates a lot of people and like, I don't know, just with your friends in general, like you don't really appreciate it till like it's gone. Yeah, like just having like that little glimpse of like hope of like having some little sport being played and just having that ripped from you is really like demotivating. It hasn't really made me like wanting to participate as much more as I could in school at the moment. Absolutely. And I mean, it was your 18th, when was it? Mid-year, wasn't it? Yeah, me and Amy had the similar birthdays. 
She's the gist bit for me. What were you expecting to do for your 18th birthday? Well, before Corona, I'd like spoken to mum and I'd organised an 18th that I wanted to have and I was really excited for it. And obviously we had heaps of upcoming events like formals and stuff and we just had so much to look forward to. So I was really excited for my 18th. Yeah, of course. And what about you, Josh? Did you have much planned? No, not really. Just like obviously to share a couple moments with my friends during the week or something, but nothing too extra. And how was it? How were your 18th birthdays? I was lucky enough with the restrictions to have like eight people at the time. So like I had like Amy and a couple friends over, which was good. But it didn't really last long. Mm. Yeah, it was good enough for like everything to happen. That's good. And what about you, Amy? Did you feel fulfilled at least in some way for your 18th or it kind of went by a bit? I mean, my birthday was at the end of April, so I was in like full lockdown. But I still had mm. such a good day because it was, I mean, obviously we were in lockdown at the time, so there was nothing really happening. But all my friends did a drive-by from my house and Josh came over for dinner and it was just nice to like change something up. I, I actually had a really good day. You know what? It's nice to see people actually making that effort. It's it's one thing to turn up to a party, but it's another thing for people to actually schedule a drive-by and yeah. a time and get their parents involved. Like there's actually so much more involved in that, which I think shows, you know, the friendship and relationship they have. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. agree. Yeah, it definitely like makes you like appreciate everything in life at the moment because like you hardly have anything to look forward to and then like having your friends actually go out of their way. Do you think that is the positive you'll get out of this time or is there any positives you'll get out of this time? I reckon that's one of the minor, not minor, but I reckon that's one of the positives, but I reckon like a minor positive is that like you're really like able to devote your time to yourself. Like for me personally, I like kind of enjoy like myself company to an extent and it's really made me, it's really helps like me connect with myself and like enjoy, like look at the little things that I enjoy really put time and effort to it rather than just like sitting at my desk like Amy said earlier but that's still a priority. So what things have you realized you enjoy that you maybe wouldn't have realized had you not been stuck alone with yourself for so long? I don't know like just had conversations with my parents and stuff and like going for walks like involving myself with nature a bit more has been really cool like sunsets walking with Amy has been really good because we can't really do much else. But, um, yeah, walking's been, like, huge. It's actually so cool to just go out. You're literally walking along the beach at sunset. Like, that's literally what you're doing together as a couple. Yeah, basically, that's what we come to. That's the best. I don't think many 18-year-olds are walking along holding hands at the beach together, so that's nice. No, no, no. It's not, not that too intimate, but... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> not holding hands. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'll put words in that, sorry. But that's really nice. I understand what you're saying. What about you, Amy? Um, It's definitely just the little things that are... For me to wake up every day and know that I and not really allowed to do anything like anyone is. I always say I have to wake up and look forward to something. So I've been going for runs with my brothers and stuff and just trying to, my family's definitely become a lot closer in this time, which I love. Mm. And yeah, it's just the small things that you have to look forward to because that's like all you have right now. Absolutely. And do you think that it has created a greater relationship between you and your brothers? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's really good. How would both of you describe yourselves as people? Just passionate. I reckon so this year, it's really like I'm like really put my knuckle to the to the grind about studying. So I can like whatever I do, I'm really passionate about, especially with study at the moment, being able to get it done. Without the study, what else are you passionate about? Just my life and sport in general. What kind of sport? Like investing, I really invest my time with with sport, like for football instance, for school as well. And just with my friends, like I really put an effort, time and effort into them, which is I like like about myself and I really enjoy yeah, I like that. What about you, Amy? Um, yeah, I'm, I definitely would say I'm passionate with my sport as well because I've been diving for 10 years and I've also just started running again and I love it so much. So I definitely think I'm passionate about what I love and I also think I'm quite like caring and like comforting and kind and like, like, <laughs> like 
I don't know. I really like that. Actually. Yeah, I, I like. I like to. I like to think about other people more than me. I guess. Yeah, and you like that about yourself. I think so. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's funny. I was chatting to a psychologist the other day. She's one of the girls that I interview, and she was saying that most people find it very difficult to speak positively about themselves. So I like the fact that both of you straight away said really nice, kind things about yourselves rather than anything self-deprecating. So I think that's nice. Maybe you're learning that in this time to like who you are when you have to spend so much time with yourself. Yeah, well, it's hard to like, not come across like boastful as well at the same time. So yeah, But is that so bad? Is it so bad to be boastful? Well, uh, it's it's one of. thing being arrogant as well. People don't perceive arrogance so like as like a kind thing. As much as yeah. you're trying to be like a nice bloke, arrogance can kind of get in the way of like relationships mm. and how people perceive you. Mm. Do you think that what you just said makes you sound arrogant to be passionate? Not to an extent. Okay. Okay. What about you, Amy? Not really. I think everyone would say they're a nice person. I don't think everyone does. I don't think everyone does. So I think it's nice that you consider yourself kind, passionate, thoughtful people. Well, I put a lot of effort into like other people and I think Hmm. that's what I like about myself. All right. So you both go to different schools, both private schools. How would you describe your education journey so far? So you've moved, haven't you, Josh? When did you move to the school you're now at? Um, I moved last year in term two. So what's that? Maybe like early April. And what was the reason for the move? Um, I got a scholarship to the school. On what grounds? Um, general excellence. <laughs> Why are you laughing? We're just going from this thing we spoke about before. <laughs> I hate talking about it. Oh, wait. Well, you hate talking about the scholarship? Well, I hate talking about myself, obviously. What's well, silly to be on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but that's that's not a talking about yourself. That's just a fact, is it not? You've got into this school on a scholarship of excellence, general excellence. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, correct. How have you seen the journey for you in terms of going between, so it was an independent Catholic school originally, yep? Yeah. So how has that journey been for you? Well, it's definitely been different during this time, but last year, just in general, I found it particularly difficult to transition, just going from like a whole different like grounding of school compared to like this really upper, not really upper class, but like a more like intense type environment. It was definitely hard to try like get up with the workload. Not that it was a huge difference, but I don't know exactly why. But did you find the expectation challenging? Was that the change? The work was the same. Yeah, at first, just because like the scholarship in general is such a like a broad term. Like whenever you think of someone who's on a scholarship, you think of someone who's like really exceeds, really like I don't know, doesn't really set boundaries for themselves. Like exceeds those boundaries. Hmm. So like I kind of like in my head I really had like a stereotype, stereotypical thought of like what a scholarship was and who would like be ownership of one. Hmm. But yeah, I found it typically hard to just like try and meet that stereotype in my head. But at the same time, I didn't want to stereotype with everyone. Like everyone's a different individual, and I just want to like individualize on myself, which was good. And it's kind of I've kind of reaped the rewards this year from it because last year was just like such hard demand at the start but slowly got into it and I reckon it's better that I've just done it before year 12. So do you think that you felt like you had to perform based on the fact that people knew you were there on a scholarship last year? Yeah correct. Mm, Okay and so that's sort of gone away now you feel a bit more normal? Yeah I feel more free-flowing and a bit more in like a flow state rather than just just had to impress everyone be the top of my classes that's really not reality. Mm. And what about you, Amy? My education journey, just talking about high school. So my teachers have always been like so there for me and I've always liked my teachers and my friendship group. I have changed friendship group throughout my high school and I just have met so many different people through my high school journey and I'm so thankful for that. And yeah, I like I love school. I actually do. 
and even just not the learning part. Like I love recess and lunch and I also love sitting in class and learning new things. Yeah, that's. I think that's important. I think that school, and I think that's what we've learned so much in this time, school is not just about sitting a test. Yeah, exactly. So much more beyond that. Do you feel that you've been stereotyped in any way, as Josh was saying, you know, feeling as though he had to live up to the, the kid with the scholarship? You were committed to diving. Has that sort of impacted the way that you felt you behave or anything like that? Well, I moved from my from my public primary school in year five because I got a scholarship for sport and I definitely have felt a weight, not that I put much pressure on myself, but I have felt a weight to like be a part of every sporting thing that my school has to offer. I would have done that anyway, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. What kinds of things did you prioritize earlier at school? Like obviously now it's about study and academics, but what were more priorities for you earlier on? For me, I was never really a big school person. Like I definitely wasn't the smartest girl in the class at all. So from year seven to like year 10, I guess, I was really focused on sport and really, really focused on my friends and like what I wanted out of myself kind of. I didn't really put much emphasis on school. Obviously I tried, I got C's. It wasn't bad, but I just, I'd rather do the things I wanted when I was younger because I knew all along that I would have had to pick up my game in year 11 and 12. And that's what I've done. Mm -hmm. What about you, Josh? For me personally, I really prize like the co-curricular activities. Like for instance, when I was at my other school before I transitioned across, I was like really getting involved. And in, for instance, like we had a bed test competition, like all these running competitions and athletics, like you really got into them and you would like put work aside just like just to provide like an emphasis on them. Mm-hmm. Slowly transitioning through, keep saying transitioning, but yeah, just slowly moving across throughout the year of schooling, um, you really start to f- feel like that workload is just lifting but at the same time the activity is like decreasing to an extent I tried to like live in the present and just like participate in everything I could just because like I wanted everything out if I could at school now both of you are at single sex schools is that correct yeah yeah what's your impression or what's your thought about going to a school where you're all the same gender well I think Josh and I did both go to all gender primary school I don't know what that's called co-ed Co-ed, yes. So Josh and I both <laughs> did go to co-ed primary school and as because I moved in year six, I did not want to move at all. I cried all through year six because I loved my primary school and I definitely loved, I think as a when you're young in primary school, I think it's really important to get to know both genders. And But I love going to an all-girls school. I think it's really important for me to be at an all-girls school because all the girls um, are really driven by their schoolwork and definitely not distracted by anything. And I also feel as though friendships in girls' schools rather than co-ed high schools are much closer Mm. what about you josh yeah it was just it's definitely different going into year seven just hanging around with like the same group of boys but it's really good to expand having an extra group of boys that you usually have from a primary school to like another like 200 of is definitely challenging at the start it's like you're very intimidating and stuff but everyone tries to be intimidating when you're a boy basically put it that way when you go from year six to year seven yeah, it's, it's a big statement. All boys try and be intimidating. You can you can definitely say it. Like everyone growing up, everyone wants to be the best they can be. It was definitely hard for myself as well, like just to see where I was placed. But um, yeah, once you get that group of boys, it's definitely something that I definitely appreciate. How do you think you guys would have gone? Obviously, you're both 18, knew that this year was going to be a study year. How would you have gone remote learning in those seven to 10 years, do you think? I definitely think the motivation wouldn't have been there as much. Because in those younger years, especially for me, I really focused on my friends um, and I, I think it would be really hard for those younger kids right now. I reckon I would have loved it. I reckon I would love it. Why? 
Because, like, I just reckon not to go against what Amy was saying, like, I definitely think they would find it hard. But I reckon they just love it not being able to, like, for us, having to study, having to put our head down constantly without a break from, like, more than 12 hours of a day nearly. I reckon it's just so much harder as opposed to the kids who could go for a ride or do some sort of exercise within their five kilometer radius at the moment and just having to relax and really like take this like time as they could. Like we're constantly, as you 12s, we're constantly thinking about what's going to happen in the next coming weeks, like for our exams, for sacks and stuff. And they're like, they can kind of be on the back pedal and like relax and just chill out and just take it as it comes. Cause like they've got a couple more years to their year 12 year eventually and they can like they know when like I feel like after this year they'll be more appreciative of it all but like at the same time they know when it's going to all happen and take place for them rather than just now because like they can just relax knowing that they don't really have any like expectations or like important events coming up for them. I also feel like they'd be so bored because obviously we have study to do like I like studying right now because it's the only thing I have to do apart from going outside but I feel like they'd be really bored and maybe watching a lot of TV and, like, I don't know if they'd have the motivation to go for a run every day and yeah, stuff like true. that. Or even do the work at all. Exactly. I think you're right. I think that the lack of expectation and the lack of pressure is perhaps freeing in a way, but at the same time, where is the motivation to do anything academic and to show up at all? Yeah, that's true. I don't really look at it from that because, like, when you're in year 7 or 10, you usually have, like, a lot of kids that are around your area. And, like, with that one exercise period a day, they'd really get out. Like, they wouldn't really, like, feel so unmotivated not to go out because that's what the one thing they're looking forward to. But, yeah, I guess it'd be definitely hard for everyone, not not alone just year 12s, but, like, everyone in general. Hmm. What do you believe the biggest pressures are for you right now in year 12? And where do you think those pressures have come from? Uh, I reckon just ATAR, ATAR-wise. Just having the the end goal of just getting a score and going to university, that's probably like where the most pressure's at. And just like realising that all these sacks and tests that you do throughout the year really like accumulate to that score. So I reckon the pressure just comes from that. Where do you think that comes from? Like where do you think that priority to have that ATAR score, where do you think that comes from? Is it internal or is it external? Both. Just like a both like a self satisfaction as well as an external seeing kids do well like I remember like assemblies at the end of the year you see like kids who have done well just come through the school and like get a reward and like awards from the school about how they did well and stuff and like you kind of like look at that and say like I want to do that like for myself I was I want to be like part of that I want to be like one who excels and exceeds expectations but yeah I reckon that's like the pressure that comes from that because like continually like presenting yourself and getting good scores definitely is hard it's not easy no it's not it's definitely not what about you Amy um, I definitely think it's the pressure you put on yourself. Like, obviously, I'm working towards an ATAR and that's like a pressure I'm putting on myself because I want a certain ATAR to get into the course. And I guess that is what I'm really working towards. But I guess it's really the pressure that I put on myself. Like, obviously, I want to impress my family after 13 years of schooling, but it's more just for a self-satisfaction because I've worked hard for 13 years and I don't just want to throw it all away. And what's the career process like now? How do you sort of get into what you want to do and how do you get guided? Um, well, I guess in like nowadays in COVID, it is a bit unknown. We've been told that the ATAR entry score may be lowered because of what we're going through right now. But then again, we don't know. So I guess mm. I don't know what's going to happen. I think we were talking the other day, Josh, about you having to do this like careers test and like what kinds of processes and support are put into place to help you decide what course to go, to go into and, and what career you want to do. Definitely supported through school, through like 
careers counselling and stuff like that. Like I know for like for a fact that Amy was telling me that she's been seeing one recently and she said it's been very helpful and she went through like a process of doing like a general test of like getting like your likes and dislikes. Yeah, that's as far as I go with it because I haven't really looked into it too thorough, but I guess from there on you just apply and just get responses after you get your ATAR basically. So how do you know what you want to do right now? Do you guys know what you want to do? Are you passionate about anything? I don't. Um, well, I've always, yeah, Josh, Josh, I asked him yesterday and I was like, what do you want to do? It's coming up soon. You have to choose. And he was like, mm. I, don't, I don't know any. I don't know what I want to do. Whereas for me, I've kind of had always an idea of psychology. I'd love to, I'd love to do psychology at uni. But then I'd also love to do sports science because me, I'm doing PE this year. I've just always been so interested in it. So I guess I'm kind of driven by that. But I guess you do have to, not everyone knows what they want to do because I don't know me as a 40-year-old. I'm, I'm 18 right now. I don't know if I want to be a psychologist at 40. Mm. So at the moment you're looking towards you like psychology and you like sort of sports science and you're going to pursue both of those at university or you want to do something that's going to direct you to a particular career or what? Um, well, I'm trying to look at uni courses that will di- direct me to a particular career because my brothers have just finished their uni course and they said they did three years of uni and they have no idea what career they could get out of it. So I guess I'd... Mm, what did they do? They did business marketing. So obviously there is a few careers <laughs> in it, but, you know. They don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, they still don't know. What about you, Josh? So you're all over the place, not sure. Yeah, I'm definitely unsure. I have not looked into it one bit, but... I did send off an email today to speak to my careers counsellor just to like get involved because we do have applications that are due in mid-September and now is like the time to look into it but I generally don't have a clue. Like I do have subjects that I like but I don't know if I'm, not that I'm not passionate enough, I don't know, like I don't know if I'm eager to fulfil something surrounding those subjects at the moment. And what happens if you don't know what to do? What are your thoughts in terms of a path? Like what could next um, look like? Well, definitely for like work. I work at a cafe at the moment, which I'm very happy about. And like it's really good to work there. And like I'm happy to just like settle myself on that next year and just get hours in and just get a sense of an income, I guess. But um, yeah, I guess like later you'd learn from others. Like for instance, my mum's friend's son, he was like a carpenter. He was doing like carpentry, like apprenticeship, sorry. And he didn't like it after four years and then went to uni as like a part of like a middle-aged student so like you really don't know what you want to do after 18 so the end of the world as you would know like mm. as every 18 year old coming out of school emphasizes and me particularly I just don't know I generally don't have a clue well I think it's really important perspective that you've got there because I think a lot of people feel as though they need to have it all sorted and sort of nailed down by the time by this time almost where you're starting to apply to schools I mean I remember going to school and kids would put things down at this time of year and then they'd get a really good ATAR score and they'd change it because they thought if they didn't do a high performing or, or a subject that had a high result to get in, then they were wasting their result. And I think that there's a lot of that sometimes because, you know, say you thought you were going to get 80 something, you get 95 or, oh, well, I won't be a nurse. I'll be a physio or something or whatever it is that scores higher. But I think at the end of the day, maybe that first choice was more in line with who you are rather than, you know, in line with your score. And I've seen that a few times. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, I definitely Mm -hmm. reckon that's like how people might perceive, like people might set themselves for a score and then they might get a bit under as well, which is sort of like the same sort of instance. But like people, I don't know, like even a score doesn't really result in everything. Like Yeah, your ATAR score isn't In this day and age, people like really emphasise and like want to put the point across as I've gone through the process of it all that like, 
this score isn't like your ultimate outcome. There is pathways and bridges into like other courses. Yeah, like there's always like other avenues to get into like, I don't know, career paths you would enjoy. Absolutely. And you never know, you might end up stumbling across something that you didn't even know existed. Right. And I think unfortunately, fortunately for you guys, there are jobs out there that haven't been created yet. Like I had a student of mine who I taught in year 12, who's now working quite high up in Uber. When he graduated, Uber was not a company here. There was not a thing. Uber was not a thing. And yet he's working quite high up in Uber now. So you just don't know what the future is going to hold. And I think that that perspective of understanding that there could be uncertainty and it's okay to have uncertainty right now is mature, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's crazy, but it can, like, it will come to you. Yeah, I agree. Amazing. What do you believe makes a good teacher and why? Just relationships, just building, like, relationships with your students, being able to um constantly talk, not feel, like, for a student especially, not be feel, like, attacked when you're getting feedback, even though it might be, like, really specific, critical feedback, not feel, like, attacked by it. Because I feel like I've been in instances this year where I feel like I've gotten feedback that I don't disagree, that I don't necessarily agree with, sorry. And that kind of, like, plays a role in my mind, thinking that this teacher isn't really for me. But then at the same time, like, they were actually correct with you since I've been tutored by you for a while. Um, I reckon especially in English, like I've written a paragraph and my teacher will be like, nah, this isn't just quite right, even though I really put a lot of time and effort into it. I feel like just building that relationship and being able to trust what your teacher says and not just feel like you're correct all the time. Um, I think it's important, even if you're getting really difficult feedback or critical feedback, that you feel as though that teacher believes in you and believes that you have, you know, potential and can go somewhere. And I think that if you feel as though the teacher's not on your side, that can be quite detrimental. I definitely think it's all about the relationship you have with your teachers and if they, like, understand you and, yeah, definitely understanding your students and knowing what their perspective comes from and also just feeling safe, like making your students feel safe in the classroom to ask questions because I'm, like, a very active learner for me. I ask so many questions just to understand And I've definitely felt that over my years I don't feel like I can ask a question because, I don't know, my teacher may not like me or something. And that's specific to certain teachers you found that you just haven't quite felt supported enough? Yeah, certain teachers, certain teachers, yeah. What about content delivery? What about knowledge, passion about the subject? Is that not as important to you as the ability to feel secure in your relationship with your teacher? I've got one teacher who is amazing this year. I've got her for two subjects. She is literally my favorite teacher I've ever had. I've got her for psychology and health. And she just, she uses hand movements. She gets up, she walks around. She she makes herself really involved in the class. Like she wants to be there. And it just makes everyone, like I genuinely laugh my head off in her classes I just have I love going to her classes and it's not even because the subject's interesting she's just she uses her own stories from her life and like twists them into the content of psychology and health and like I didn't even know you could do that like it's just she's she's a really good teacher what about you Josh yeah just similar I don't really have that like connectivity with my teachers like that but um for me I reckon like what makes a good teacher is just being able to like always what Amy touched on before I really like think is really critical is being able to like just making it like able for the like making the student's opinion valid. Mm. Yeah, just like making the student's opinion valid and like always prizing what everyone says. Like for instance on my on my Zooms, I like spoke the other day and I was like, Don't worry, it's a stupid question. And then she's like, No, like I want to hear it. Ooh. And then like that made like created a whole nother argument about like the point of view that we were discussing not like criticize someone for what they're going to say just being able to 
involve everyone, even if someone doesn't speak, re- if like someone speaks rarely to someone who always wants to communicate and be like heard in the class. Mm. Every voice is definitely needs to be heard. Hundred percent. I could not agree more. Ready, Josh? I'm gonna. And this is this is to you. Yeah. So I've tutored you since year nine. What has that experience been like for you? Yeah, it's been really good. Um, ever since I've learned from my sister, where you've tutored her and helped her out throughout her year twelve, it's been really good seeing you teach my sister, but also participating in your own like teaching with myself. For you personally, I reckon what really is makes your teaching like effective is being able to not only like provide your own feedback, but like construct and like not critique all the time, but always like point arrows at like what I should be going down. Especially with like paragraphs I've sent you over work this like this year. It's been really good because you're able to like not only just write a whole response for me, but like give me give me loops of feed like give me tap into like little feedback across the whole paragraph and then make me rewrite it. It also helps with like motivation as well. Yeah, just that relationship as well, being always like to be able to communicate like Throughout this time, we've been always having conversations about yeah. corona and, like, just joking about stupid yeah. things, which is always good. But at the same time, and I, I told you I'd bring this up, you then have said to me to my face that I'm savage. So would you like to elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, one time when I thought I wrote a very good paragraph, I did get a little annoyed, All right. I would admit. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I thought it was really critical what you were saying. Like I said before, like teachers like give critical feedback and I don't like it. Like I've had this right. experience with you. And I thought you were being very savage and not rude, but just very blunt and to the point. And I didn't really like mm. it. So I called you savage. Do you understand why I was doing <laughs> what I was doing though? Yeah, of course yeah. I did. Now I do. At the time I was like, oh. <laughs> no, no, no. But you need to hear it though. Like I needed to hear that. And it's obviously helped. But at the same time, maybe it was important for me to hear from you that I needed to shift that delivery a little bit. No, nah, like you do need to speak up as a student, but I reckon, yeah, like yeah. it just happens. Like it's the way it goes. And what about you, Amy? So you said that you've got a tutor for, was it English and PE? Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. How important do you think it is for you to have that tutor this year, all those tutors? Um, I definitely think for year 12 especially, it's very important to have a tutor. I hadn't had a tutor before up until year 12, but this year it's been so helpful like just to ask those little questions that you might just think you don't need to ask and then your tutor's just so helpful like especially for PE I didn't even know you could have a PE tutor and one of my good friends and I go to this tutor together and it's just a really good time for us to share our work because we sh- we share our sack answers and we um it's really helpful especially to have a close relationship with your tutor yeah I think it's really like necessary. Mm. So the next question I want to ask, because not everyone has access to tutors, not everyone has access to technology, Mm. not everyone has access to all the things that potentially you guys have access to being at a more private elite school. So what are your thoughts on the inequities in education? I reckon it's really disproportionate across the state. Like got people who like the moment are like very struggling to like even go to school where like cases aren't even like evident and present but like yet they still have to abide by the government of victoria and not attend which i think is very hard and therefore like they don't even have like a computer white like able wi-fi and stuff so i think it's very hard particularly for this time as you would hear across all the media like we're getting compensated so well but like it really just doesn't equate to like what is occurring so yeah it is difficult but like you've just got to make do with what you got. Like you know, you you know, you're gonna get supported regardless. But like it does affect like your motivation levels and like 
your actual desire to like sit at your desk and mm. get your pen in your hand. What about people that literally don't have the opportunities that you have right now in education? I definitely understand that like like I'm well aware that Josh and I are so lucky to go to school where we do have the technology that we do have the amazing teachers that we have and even like in the younger years like just have the sporting opportunities like APS and GSV. We're so lucky and I know that not every other school has that. Um, So I definitely don't take that for granted but especially this year I definitely think that the inequalities have kind of shone because in the first lockdown we got like we got straight into lockdown. We didn't really have any time to get ready so my school had one day to set up a whole online learning thing and it worked out so well for my school but I have heard that some schools had to spend six weeks teaching themselves because they didn't have time or they didn't have the access Mm. and technology to have online learning so yeah I'm really thankful for what I've got this year yeah and I mean that's challenging and those people are ultimately competing for the same ATAR school that you are aren't they exactly that's that's exactly yeah what does success look like for you? It's very broad. Like everyone is so different to every, like it is so evident that not everyone is, is the same and everyone should not be treated with just like the same, like, I don't know, criteria for each person. But um, success for me just basically looks like putting in everything that you've got using, utilizing every resource with school, being able to read feedback from your teachers constantly because that's what they're there for. That's their job but not be like embarrassed to always go up like in front of the class and like put your hand up for an answer. Like just always being able to seek feedback is really important. And I see success through that, just being able to utilize everything. So success for you is showing up and doing your best and getting the most out of every opportunity. Yeah. From that itself, it does like spawn like its own like success route because like you will like see rewards from it and you will like seek like great achievements, but it does like for the core of success, I feel like it's through that. What about you, Amy? Um, I definitely think success comes when you work hard because, I mean, obviously like you win and you lose in life, but I feel like if you work towards something and you achieve it, then you really feel successful. And also success comes through losing and like not always getting what you want. So for me, if we're talking about a school perspective, like uh, like I've got some C's this year and then when I get an A, I'm like, oh my God, like I've obviously worked really hard for this and I'm Like I feel really achieved and, yeah, proud. Yeah, that's awesome. So Josh said prior to this conversation that he didn't feel that he could align with any role models. But what about you, Amy? I mean, as cringe as this is, I definitely look up to my family a lot, like my mum. And also I look up to my diving coach. I've known him since I was in year three and I just, I don't know, I I really look up to my diving coach because I feel like he's, He's always been there for me and he's a really nice, kind person. He's checked up on me, texting me like throughout isolation and I just, not even his sporting abilities, I just look up to his personality because I think he's a really kind and caring person. And what about your mum? What is it about your mum that you look up to? I don't know. She's just always right and she's just always there and, yeah. Right in terms of giving you the right advice or right as in? Giving me the right advice. Yeah. No, 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 giving, giving me the right advice. That's good. That's good. Yeah. What is your relationship to the media right now, like social media, news media? How kind of influential is that for you? Definitely in the past, like for years, the media's become a lot more, from a female perspective, the media's come a lot more like body image. You have to be perfect. Your hair has to look perfect. But like I feel like this year it's become a lot more known that those Victoria's Secret models 
edit themselves. And I definitely think in this day and age, it's become better to be yourself. Like in those ads, I think it's Bonds, they're having like normal sized girls being the model, not not the stereotypical skinny girl. Mm. So I think that's a really good path that we're going down. And what about you, Josh? Yeah, I reckon men's mental health is being really like publicised recently, which is good, especially like just mental health in general during Corona. Like everyone's really making note of it, even though it's not getting like the attention it should be getting from like news broadcasters and other external TV guides and programs. It's really like getting the the publicised effect it should Mm. be getting, I guess. Everyone is getting known about it. Like the results are staggering, but like Everyone needs to check up with their mate and it's really important about that all. Well, I think the next question I was going to ask you is what kind of pressure do you feel just purely gendered sense? Like as you said, Amy, when you talked about media, you talked about from a female perspective. I mean, obviously media and external influences do tend to affect us slightly differently based on our own gender biases. And I'm wondering whether that does affect you in terms of how you feel you need to show up in the world, even just as a male versus a female? Um, I definitely, I know that a lot of my friends, so many of my friends are really pushed by what the media wants of them and like what they think they need to look like. But for me, I just kind of, I want to be happy with what I, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I just want to be happy with what I see Mm. and with what I feel. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I just feel like everyone's like, especially for men, like, it's really make notice that like just follow this stereotype that they're strong, bold and like fearless. But like now it's really it's really evident that like women and men are like ultimately equal. They don't have to follow these like stereotypes that like and qualities and characteristics that portray a woman. But um yeah, I reckon it's really like like showing that like these stereotypes that are pushed and like promoted throughout our childhood, like through cartoons, through like T V shows that we see as like a child, it's not actually like the true reality of it all. And how do you think you came to that place of understanding that it's not real? Well, just like for me, just seeing like deaths to like sportsmen people, like for me, I follow like AFL pretty heavily and just seeing like sports people go un- undergo like mental health issues and stuff. Like it's really like it's a common theme through like celebrities and like for kids in general, especially growing up, people suffer from different experiences and you really don't know what they're going through like for like I like I saw a stat the other day I think on Facebook that like anxiety affects like two in out of two out of five people during like the ages of 12 to 18 just because people are like so insecure not insecure but more like with withholding of what their characteristics and what their likes are because they don't want to be judged or anything and I feel like growing up in like a, a male not a unisex school I reckon that's where it like really like arises from like well not being able to express their like values and what they believe in and it really like ultimately works in like an insecure way like people are unable to express what they feel and that just really like that's where I think mental health rises from and I feel like that's why a lot of people our age are really publicizing the fact that this is like a really known problem and like it's it's a problem it's problematic it needs to be treated absolutely i think i think and i literally said this on my opening my introduction podcast i think that yeah of course females have been oppressed of course there are strides to be made for women i'm not going to discount that and i feel i feel that but i think that there are stereotypes for men that are mm equally problematic in certain ways. I mean, the fact that you're not supposed to feel certain emotions or express certain emotions or be honest about certain things. I mean, I think in a way women are very lucky that we are allowed to be emotional and we are allowed to sit and have those deep conversations. Yeah. You know, and I think society allows that. And I think that that in itself is 100% problematic, exactly what you just said, 
to not be able to be authentic because it makes you less of a man or less strong or whatever that is. I think that's that is serious. Yeah, agree. Definitely agree. Amazing. Those are really good answers. Where do you think you will see yourself or where would you like to see yourself in the next five years? Um, um, you go, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'd really just like to see myself happy with friends that I adore, family that I adore, and just active, like always active, and also studying hard. And I feel like I, I couldn't tell you where I want to be in five years. I don't know where I want to be, but I definitely want to be ha- happy and have a goal to drive me somewhere what about you josh yeah i reckon i'm similar just being able to like have that end goal of what like you're achieving at the time for me now it's just ending year 12 but in five ten years it might be like going for a special interview or like getting up for work every day like just being able to be healthy maintain a routine which i think is really important and yeah just living a healthy and happy life not being criticised, not being like having that thought of being withdrawing my opinion from society because I feel like attacked or anything. Like I just want to like be able to live freely. So I think it's really interesting that neither one of you have brought up a specific career, money, yeah, um, I was just stability, house. It's really yeah. interesting to me. And I think, to be honest, I'm wondering whether or not it's this time that's making you not even consider that stuff. Yeah. Because I think... Previously, had I spoken to people about where they'd like to see themselves in five years, the first thing would be career. The second thing would be earning a certain amount of money mm-hmm. or having a certain amount of belongings, whether that's owning my own car, working towards a house. So I find it really interesting that the both of you have talked about qualities you want to have and a feeling that you want to have rather than materials you want to have. As soon as I finished talking, I just thought I'd love to have a stable job in five years with what about you josh a good living income yeah i like i feel stupid for ignoring that you know it's not no, like it no i feel stupid <laughs> i feel stupid no, I, same. I thought i want to go traveling i i, I want to own a car yeah that is speaking to this time right now because any other yeah. year 12 that i would have asked that question there's no way there would have been that focus on happiness and self-satisfaction no way yeah, I definitely agree. I reckon this time's just like brought a whole new whole new brand of thoughts to people. Absolutely. Okay, this is my last question for you both. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are the greatest lessons you have ever learnt? And they don't have to be academic. It could be if you want, but it doesn't have to be. You go. It's actually toughy. I, I looked at this last night, but I had an answer, but now I don't. You can sit with it for a minute. I'm going to edit this awkward silence out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I've got an answer. I reckon, I reckon just for myself, I reckon it's just being able to have satisfying relationships. The greatest lesson I've learned from that is probably like going through a tough time from when my friend like suffered a severe accident, placing him to like be a quadriplegic. I reckon that really placed me in a position where I felt vulnerable and I feel like to me to get out of that vulnerable and anxious state, I was able to like reach out to my friends and have those satisfying relationships that helped me push me through those tough times. Yeah, basically just being able to talk to your friends, being able to like not feel yeah awkward about these certain conversations. Like I always have this talk with like not always I always don't have this talk with Amy, but I always like talk to her about things that I wouldn't usually talk about with certain people. 
because I feel like it's not it's not like a time and place where I'd talk about it. But with her and like other friends, like the friends that I hold close to myself, like I'm able to just like avoid that vulnerability state and like that anxiety that I might that I might arise from like these type of conversations. And like I'm just able to break down that barrier and just let loose to an extent. It's amazing. I think even just understanding that one person might not necessarily provide you with every bit of support that you need to. I think the fact that you've got obviously a variety of people in which you can say different things to and can offer you different support is really positive. And the fact that you found that at 18, I think you're very lucky. Yeah, I definitely agree. Main like a main outcome that'll happen throughout like a lively someone's life past school. And I reckon it's really important that like they really like prize enjoying everyone's company but also at the same time evaluating who's close and who's not being able to just like recognize who's going to be there for you at like the toughest times i like it what about you um the greatest lesson i have probably ever learned would just be to have a goal just to always have a goal to work towards it that's what i've been trying to do especially now i've been trying to wake up and have a goal for the day or even just for the year, like me growing up, I've always had a goal every year to get into the national diving competition and that's always been my goal. But now I guess my goals have kind of switched into like checking up on my friends, like especially in this time, to check up on my friends and like make sure they're doing okay. And I feel like I I always want to have a goal. The really interesting thing there is the fact that the goal setting doesn't have to change, but there needs to be flexibility in those goals. Yeah. In order to make them exactly yeah that's really good all right guys thank you so much for joining me i wish you all the best for year 12 and josh i will probably see you for our shooting session this week but thank you for all the insight yeah, i know it's been a crazy thanks. year and i really appreciate both of your perspectives thanks laura see ya pleasure, nice to meet you cheers